and they love the convenience of driving down the A40 because a lot of them do live in West London, you know, going to Denham, which is a really flexible little aerodrome. You can just drive your car onto this grass uh, apron, you know, chuck your stuff in the back. It's got a big cargo door on the PC12, so you can put your golf bags in there or your skis. But anyway, you, you can just go down to Denham, jump in the plane, go straight into Le Mole in the south of France, and then you're 20 minutes away from your boat or your, or your villa. Or even, yeah, I meant to always mention uh, Courchevel is a good one for us. And, you know, because you can just literally, you land, you have to go to Denham, you have to do a quick custom stop in Chambry, then 10 minutes up the valley. But you can literally get out of the plane in, in 1850 and clip your skis on and go down to your, to your chalet. Welcome back to another Niche Aviation podcast. This week, I speak to Jonathan Clough. Jonathan is the UK Sales and Marketing Director of Jetfly. Jetfly specialise in the fractional ownership of Pilatus aircraft. I've been particularly interested in the Pilatus PC-12, of which Jetfly own 40. If you're interested to learn more about Jetfly, fractional ownership, or the Pilatus PT-12, then this show is for you. Enjoy. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, hello. Before we start, it'd be interesting to learn a bit more about Jetfly. Are you able to give me a bit of background behind how it started? Yeah, sure. So, so Jetfly started 20 years ago. And we started actually with a TBM in Geneva. And we had six Swiss businessmen who shared the cost of that TBM. And they had homes in places where the turboprop was the best aircraft to get into those places, like Le Moles for for Saint-Tropez, like Courchevel 1850. Uh, and they told their friends about the benefits of sharing an aircraft. So their friends bought an aircraft, they got another pilot, and they shared two aircraft. And then they told their friends about the benefits of sharing two, uh, two aircraft. And they bought another aircraft, three, three pilots. Then um, they built up this fleet to about seven or eight planes. Um, and then they started introducing Pilatus aircraft to the mix as well. And actually, back then, we had Piaggio Avantis. We had Piaggio Avantis, TBMs, and Pilatus. So it was three aircraft. Um, and it was decided to then to standardize the fleet with the Pilatus. Um, but it must have been about 11 years ago that Jetfly had got to this critical mass of planes. And essentially what it could offer then to its co-owners was guaranteed availability at short notice. And that's one of the crucial parts of fractional ownership. That's what our co-owners want is that guaranteed availability that you just sometimes you don't get on the charter market. And at that point in time, when Jetfly had got to that size, um, Cedric Lescop, who's the CEO of Jetfly, and Cedric knew about Jetfly, had got this critical mass of planes. And so Cedric approached um, Jetfly and, uh, and bought, bought the company at that point in time. So I'm thinking that must be about 11, 12 years ago now, maybe about that time. So, and yeah, and that's when there was a massive change with Jetfly. We kind of, we got, um, we didn't have a website at the time. There was, we had some old brochures, an old logo. I came on board eight years ago uh, to set help with the UK business because we didn't really have a presence in the UK. And I didn't really have, like I said, I didn't have at the time a, a brochure or a website. It was just a concept and a, an aircraft that is loved by people in the aviation business, but really wasn't known by a lot of people, like high net worth individuals that I was approaching. From that time to now, we've kind of grown the business from like 15 to 20% a year. Um, for the last 10, 11 years. And we've now grown to having the largest fleet of Pilatus in the world. So we've actually got 50 in total. And I can tell you a bit more about why we've got 50 later on. But on the fractional side, we've got 24 PC-12s and we've got four PC-24s. 
So maybe if we take a step back, because that's quite interesting. 12 years ago, why was the focus on fractional ownership rather than chartering them out or um, going down a jet card route or anything like that? Well, at the time, you couldn't get an AOC on single turbine aircraft. So you, there was rules saying you couldn't get an AOC, so you weren't able to actually charter them. Um, and with the PC-12, um, it's an aircraft that really lends itself to being operated under private flying rules. So um, if you want to, for our co-owners love, for instance, using Denham Aerodrome, where we've got a little base in West London, they, they have chalets in Courchevel, for instance. And if you're under an AOC, you can't use Denham and you can't get into Courchevel because of the safety margins you have to put onto the, onto the runways. So actually, that, that's one of the reasons our proposition is quite unique, is that you don't, you know, we operate it, the, the planes under private flying rules. Because some people might not be familiar with it, but can you just run through how fractional ownership works? Yeah, sure. So you buy a share in a brand new Pilatus PC-12. So we order two PC-12s a year and now two PC-24s. And you buy a share relative to your flying needs. So um, we split the plane up into sixteenths. So if you want to buy a sixteenth of the aircraft, it's a $5.7 million aircraft. You buy a sixteenth and that entitles you to uh, 35 hours a year. Uh, And that means we can operate under private flying rules, giving you that access that I mentioned before. Um, you'll then sign up for five years with us. The five-year mark, you want to leave JetFly, we can sell your share and give you back the residual value after five years. Or you continue for a further five years at no extra cost, and then we sell the entire aircraft after 10 years. Um, now, the Pilatus PC-12 uh, has one of the best residual values in private aviation. So you do get a big chunk of money back if you want to leave after five or after 10 years. Um, but that's that initial commitment. That gives you access to a particular plane and the fleet of planes. So you're not just flying in that aircraft. You're flying in the fleet of 24 aircraft. You then have a monthly management fee to pay. So we've got all these fixed costs. And then uh, there's a cost per hour to fly in the aircraft. So each one of your 35 hours, if you buy a 16th share, there's a cost per hour for that as well. So we send you this monthly invoice to have the fleet at your disposal 24-7. Then after each flight, we'll send you another invoice that will say, let's just, for instance, you fly from London to Paris, which is an hour flight time. We'll send you an invoice with London to Paris, the date you flew, one hour flight time, plus 12 minutes taxi time and landing fees at either side. And then that's what you get through the post after, after each flight. The, the, with the service as well, um, we can organize um, on the planes we have basic catering we have like you know posh nuts and pretzels and chocolates and things like that um, and there's hot water for tea and coffee and soft drinks but if you want executive catering we can we can put that on board as well we can source particular champagnes or or beers or wines we put that on there um and then we invoice that at cost price and the miscellaneous costs afterwards and also cars as well so when you land somewhere we'll make sure there's a, a taxi or a limousine or your preferred driver uh, waiting at the other end to take you onto your, your holiday home your business meeting wherever it might be and all those extras go on the invoice at cost price after the flight. So then based on that, who is your typical customer? Well, I look after the UK market and we've got a lot of people like kind of discreet businessmen, really, um, like hedge fund uh, CEOs and um, founders of private equity houses, um, entrepreneurs who have sold a business for a large sum of money. Yeah, they'll typically they'll have two, maybe three second homes. So maybe they'll have a, a home in London, a home in the south of France, maybe a, a chalet in the Alps. And they love the convenience of driving down the A40 because a lot of them do live in West London. You know, going to Denham, which is a really flexible little aerodrome. You can just drive your car onto this grass uh, apron, you know, chuck your stuff in the back. It's got a big cargo door on the PC-12, so you can put your golf bags in there or your skis. 
it's a 24-7 aerodrome as well. It's very, very relaxed down there. Family run aerodrome, Denham. But anyway, you, you can just go down to Denham, jump in the plane, go straight into Le Mole in the south of France, and then you're 20 minutes away from your boat or your, or your villa. Or even, yeah, I, mentioned, I always mentioned uh, Courchevel is a good one for us. And, you know, because you can just literally, you land, you have to go Denham, you have to do a quick custom stop in Chambry, then 10 minutes up the valley. But you can literally get out of the plane in, in 1850 and clip your skis on and go down to your, to your chalet. Well, maybe that's a really good segment because if you can afford a private jet in Europe, I'm not sure why anyone else would use anyone but JetFly just because of the advantages that the Pilatus PC-12 gives you in terms of you can fly into three times as many airports as a typical jet. The The operating costs are significantly lower than than a, than a jet. Um, yeah. And and those, those two alone are a reason why I, I think JetFly is a great proposition yeah why aren't more why don't you have more competitors or why aren't more people operating the pc12 we bought one of our competitors fly seven it's not as easy as you think to get an aoc on a single turbine it's quite a complicated process a long drawn out process quite laborious a lot of paperwork and under an aoc i've noticed with a pc12 like i mentioned before you start to eliminate a lot of the the great things about the plane, which is going to these little grass strips. So suddenly you can't use those little grass strips. So, so under an AOC, you can't go to Denham and you can't land in Courchevel. So it's not actually as attractive a proposition having an AOC on a PC-12 as you might think. Um, but it's still a very cost-efficient aircraft to use the PC-12. So I imagine there will be people out there who are planning to, to do that. But um, you, just, you start to take away a lot of that flexibility under an AOC with a PC-12. But like I say, as a business now, if I, I have inquiries from people who want to charter, I forward that over to Fly7. Um, um, but with charter, you have to pay for the positioning costs. And Fly7, a lot of the place, planes are in Lausanne. Um, so if you want to go from London to Scotland, chartering a PC-12, that's got to go from Lausanne to London, take you to Scotland to go back to Lausanne. And those two empty legs make it actually very expensive to use the PC-12. So you'd be better off finding a, a light jet that's based somewhere in London to take you up. You you had some fleet rationalization and you've decided to yeah. focus just, instead of having so the TBMs, uh, the Piaget and the PC-12, you just focused on the PC-12. Can you just run us through that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's because the PC-12 could do everything the two other aircraft could do. And, you know, the obviously the operating costs are, are very good with the PC-12. I mean, you're compromising a bit on the speed, perhaps. Um, so it's 285 knots in cruise, the PC-12, and the TBM can maybe go a touch faster. And obviously the Piaggio Avanti could go even faster than that. But then you're, the P Piaggio didn't have the access that the PC-12 has. You wouldn't be able to land in Denham, for instance. And yeah, the TBM, you know, wasn't big enough. You know, it's not, it's quite a, a much smaller aircraft. So it would just made a lot more sense to, to use and to standardize the fleet with the, with the PC-12. Because um, it could do everything the other two aircraft could do. And, and it was more cost efficient to run one type of aircraft than, than three different aircraft. So it was then a matter of getting those co-owners who are in those types of aircraft to, to join uh, the PC-12s. Um, and then obviously we've launched the PC-24 program. So those people who are in the Piaggio Avantis lent themselves more to the PC-24. So they wanted the extra speed and perhaps their, their missions were slightly longer than, than, the, than the PC-12 is is comfortable in. I mean, the PC-12, is, you know, you can sit in it for five hours if you wanted to, but sometimes you might be better off jumping in a, a jet that might take two and a half hours. 
The PC12 is six people, and what's the range? And I would always say the PC12, we have clones who use it to get from London to Mallorca, for instance. It'll take you about three hours to get there. Or London to Ibiza, which is about three hours, 20 minutes. London, south of France, two and a half hours. I mean, those are the sort of missions, really. Over that, and I think you'd start looking at the jets. The the PC12, it's... It's just one engine, but also it's capable of landing on grass strips, which gives you other advantages. Um, how, how? What sort of runway length? Good question. Um, about 750 meters of grass, but then it very much depends on the payload and how far you're going. So maybe with 750 meters, you could only fly with four passions for about an hour and a half. Uh, but we'd have to do a performance calculation. So with grass, it's a, yeah, there's always a performance calculation you have to carry out. Really, with, with grass, you need... To, to kind of to not have too many limitations with payload and distance over 900 meters of grass is ideal but i mentioned 750 because that's about the length of door knock in in scotland with it with grass of course when it gets wet as well it means you have to have a longer distance when it gets wet and pc12s give you options but it's all, sometimes you know they are you know they succumb to the weather so the, the the these little runways are vfr they're visual flight rules runways so in certain conditions we, we can't get in there you know if the cloud ceiling is at a thousand feet it's a blanket cloud we can't the pilots can't see the runway they can't get in there so we, then we would have to divert to one of the more commonly used uh private terminals for london places like biggin hill or luton or farnborough and that happens typically more in the winter time but that's something you had to really, I find, explain to new clients that although we have this access, it's not guaranteed that you'll be getting into the, go, going in there. We'll always get you to where you need to get to on that date, that time. But it might be that you had to divert. And that typically happens more in the winter than the summertime. How does it work? Do the client just call you up and say, Jonathan, I need to, I need to go next week or is it 24 hours? It, it depends, really. Um, so we have a reservations department who are available 24-7. So they call my reservations team and or they call them their pa might call them they might call them personally or they might email them and with a 16th share the guaranteed response time is 48 hours notice and then it goes down to 24 hours notice with an eight share um so uh but if you've got a 16th share and you call us at the last minute you know the Eurostar is is broken down and you're stuck in paris and you know we're, typically we have planes on the ground in paris le bourget if, if there's a crew available sure we'll, we'll help you out we, we take those last minute calls from all our co-owners and it's a mixed bag of co-owners of how organized they are really it's some of them some of them are super organized you know six months a year in advance some people are very much, you know, if they're in the, the Mediterranean over the summertime, they may have been invited onto someone's boat and suddenly they want to fly immediately to go, go to a party. And we can accommodate those, those requests as well. But it's very much a case-by-case basis. The last six months for airlines has been pretty challenging. How's it been for you guys? Well, so when the, um, the lockdown happened, we were... Uh, initially, we were very, very busy just before that because of the repatriations. A lot of our clients were in the Alps. So we had this rush to repatriate people back to their respective countries. And then throughout the first couple of months, when suddenly all the different countries shut their borders, and then we weren't allowed to fly, uh, apart for, for essential business and, and repatriation, we could still do that. So we, had, we came up with an idea, uh, and that was the coronavirus initiative. And so we sent an email out to our clients asking if they would like to donate an hour of flight time to help fight coronavirus. And then within 24 hours, we had 
250 hours of flight time donated to us by our clients. And then it was like, wow, this is like a fantastic response. We weren't sure how our clients were going to respond to us asking for their generosity, but it turns out all of them, and a lot of them are kind of philanthropists already. They donate to loads of charities and and they wanted to help. So it was fantastic. We had all this time then. And then um, I was put in charge of trying to find missions in the UK. And I ended up on a some a, for, a business forum uh, where all these different business leaders were on a, a webinar. And I just put on this kind of chat on the side of the webinar, Jet, Jonathan here from JetFly, I've got all these hours in these Pilatus aircraft. Can, does anyone need any help? Can we, looking for ideas. And then within a couple of minutes, I got an email from the NHS Hero Support saying we need to help, we need help transporting uh, PPE around the UK. So that was fantastic. Though in the end, I started in the UK working with NHS Hero Support. And we did some missions, taking visors up to, to the up to the north that were distributed around different hospitals in the north. So they Biggin Hill up to Liverpool and and things like that. But everyone there, so I went to Biggin Hill to help out with the the mission. Everyone who was donating their time. So the person who dropped the visors off was just donating his lorry, and the person who picked them up in Liverpool was donating his time and his vehicle. And uh, it was just nice to be be part of that. And then in Europe. Uh, they worked with the uh, Medicine Sans Frontiers, you know, Medicine Without Borders, and they were doing more personnel there. They were taking key medical personnel to areas that were being heavily impacted, so with uh, doctors and nurses. And we did some PPE to the Corsica and, and Sardinia. I mean, we actually very quickly used up those 250 hours. Um, but that was a good way to keep the, our operations busy, our pilots um, busy. Um, and... Yeah, something we and it was a nice, nice thing to do during during the pandemic. So that was what initially happened, uh, and then when the borders starting opening up again, um, we just we were flying like crazy. Our co-owners just want obviously they're not used to being in, in one place for that amount of time, so they were just suddenly yeah, get me to Ibiza, get me to the south of France, get me to my second home, just get me out of here. And so we were having record breaking days of activity when suddenly France and Spain started opening up. And then how does that work in with the new jo- new customers? How's, how's that been? Yeah, we, we had a, a lot of new inquiries, a lot of new inquiries. Um, so, so a lot of, because we've got the charter business, there was a lot of me kind of funneling people over to the charter business. It looked like they were more ad hoc charter. People just didn't want to go through the, you know, people live in West London, very close to Heathrow. They were probably BA first class members and what very used to just flying down to Nice, but suddenly they didn't want to fly, go through the airports and they didn't want to sit on the plane. So there was a lot of ad hoc charter stuff coming through that. Um, and then um, on the fractional side, yeah, lots of new inquiries. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've had quite a successful summer which has been quite nice um and the the sales process which can take anything from you know normally a couple of months to five years suddenly we were selling shares in a week people were like i need a solution a trusted solution and yeah so i i mean i a couple of shares i sold them in two, one week two weeks uh cause we, because people know who we are now five years ago we, we were a new, not five years, we more so eight, ten years ago, we were a new concept. So I say no website, no brochures. But now people are used to, they've seen JetFly, they know the Pilatus and they trust us. So actually that is a lot quicker now to be able to get there, get them on board. And then going forward, what does a JetFly look like? I see you've, you're growing the PC24 business, which is the, the Pilatus jet engine. Um, is there a risk that you start competing competing with people like NetJets and I mean I know NetJets I know that I know their their VPs uh and they're all really nice guys we are now certainly with the PC24 
uh, encroaching on their space more with their they've got their light jet offering is the Phenom 300 and then it goes up to their citation latitude and the PC24 sits somewhere in between the two of them actually because the the cabin of the Phenom 300 is similar to the cabin size of the the PC12 about nine cubic meters whereas the PC24 is about 14 cubic meters and the, their latitude is more like 14 15 cubic meters but the pricing with us with our PC24 is much more similar to their Phenom 300. So, yeah, we, you get a bit more bang for your buck with the PC24 than, than their Phenom 300. So certainly, I yeah, I know them. And if I actually, if there's clients that I don't think that our aircraft are suitable for, I, I, I'm happily, I happily pass them over to NetJets. Because, yeah, you know, stuff like they've got a family of eight, they want to fly from London to Athens. That's their regular flight. The 24 is not the right aircraft to do that. And so I... I I would happily have passed them over to NetJet because they're you know, they're a good operator or NetJet or, or VistaJets for that matter. So um, yeah, but I think yeah we are with the Fenimuth, with our PC24 certainly encroaching on their space a bit more. I've spoken to their sales guys before and our name gets you know comes up in conversation between them and other clients. So and it's nice to know that's nice because they're the biggest guys in the world. So it's actually quite a compliment. And do you see further expansion like potentially outside of Europe or you continue to focus on Europe? We worked we worked with a company called Plain Sense on the east coast of uh, America. So, really big PC12 operator on there. Exactly. So they they our business model is the same as Plain Sense. So they've got the Phenom 3. They've, they actually did have a few Phenoms, but they've got the PC12 and the PC24 on the east coast. Um, so we work with them. So if our clients want to use their aircraft when they're over stateside, we can get in touch with them and get get quotes for them um so we do but at this stage where we're happy with where we are in in europe and 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 the ranges of our particular aircraft it's a nice tight business model if people are interested in getting in touch with jetfly what's the best way of doing this if you're interested well i suppose send me an email if you'd like to jonathan.clough at jetfly.com or give me a call um and yeah i'd be happy to arrange a time to to talk with you on the phone or or meet you uh and and sit down and, and go through the proposition brilliant now that's that's been really interesting. Thanks a lot for for everything. Thanks again to Jonathan Jetfly. If you're looking to learn more about Jetfly, I've put all their details in the notes below. Have a great week and see you next week.